Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 181. Starting off security news, some absolutely fascinating research has just come out on what percentages and types of vulnerabilities are actually exploited in the wild. So it found that only 5.5% of vulnerabilities discovered between 2009 and 2018 were actually exploited, with most of those being issues with a CVSS score of 9 or 10. And I I think that percentage was around 50%. So the best part of the paper uh, was a discussion of optimal patching strategies, where they looked at different methodologies for what to patch and measured them against each other. And that was based on coverage, which was like not having misses, and then efficiency, which is not patching, which you don't have to. It's kind of like false negative, false positive. Yeah, so options included patching by CVSS, patching based on whether or not there are public exploits available, by vulnerability tags, etc. And they actually built a machine learning model as well that incorporated all the different sort of parameters, and it performed the best. But it looked like patching CVSS 7 and above was actually a pretty decent strategy. You did get uh, some lower efficiency because you ended up patching things you didn't need to, but it was pretty powerful. And then of course, if you wanted to be really fast and fairly effective, patching CVSS, CVSS 9 and above was even faster, obviously, than doing 7 and 8 as well. But, uh, of course, you miss things, so not complete coverage. But super interesting paper. You should definitely check it out. The U.S. is going to start requiring five years of social media account history for visa applicants as part of the filtering process. I'm genuinely curious about how effective this is going to be. On one hand, there will now be a market for creating and maintaining fake social media accounts that people can use for this purpose. But on the other hand, there will be many who don't want to go to that effort and either won't try to come here at all or will get caught in the filter. So as with uh, most things, uh, the efficiency of this or the effectiveness of it will come down to execution. A team at Stanford has made it possible to edit video using a text editor. So you're actually looking at a video, you see the person's mouth move and they say something like, you know, Jill went to the store. Um, But instead of saying Jill went to the store, you just edit the text and the video updates as well. And the mouth moves to mimic the new text that you typed. So editing the things that were said by the actual subject to say something else entirely but having it seamlessly injected in the video so it looks completely natural. I mean, this is completely insane. This is going, I mean, this is taking the deep fake thing right to the next level, right? Because now, I mean, there's going to be people who make this content or or make software packages that make it possible to make this content. So you will select a, a target person, you will select an environment, or, or you'll have like a sample of them in a real environment or whatever. And then you'll say, okay, here's what I want them to say. Or here, here's how I want to modify 
what was actually said. And this is going to become a service. This is going to become a, a, a market, an offering that a lot of people put out there. So you can, so lots of different people can malign or completely generate um, from scratch content by a particular person. So this, this is the future of, you know, disrupting like what people believe um, in the sense of uh, how it's done with defects. Um, it'll, it'll just become a market. I mean, capitalism will power this thing and uh, we're going to see tons of really high quality stuff here. Again, it's just going to lead us back to this point where you can't trust everything uh, or you can't really trust anything um, that, that you're seeing. So you'll have to have like a trusted client piece of software. You have a trusted, like, like the browser, for example, or if you're watching video, you'll have to make sure it's coming from um, not only from YouTube because YouTube can show anything, but you'll have some sort of conduit where it says this was actually generated and signed by the source that you think it came from. Right. And th those are all technologies and, and markets that don't exist right now. But because deepfakes are going to get so good and so powerful so quickly, those markets are about to start showing up. A new version of Sysmon is coming out soon that logs DNS queries and responses. Some European network traffic was routed through China again due to a BGP problem. And this time it wasn't just a few minutes, it was actually two hours. And this is like the second or third time this has happened recently with China. Uh, it was a bunch of mobile traffic in a bunch of Northern European countries. Many Israeli companies are far too willing to sell and use their technologies for malicious purposes. I respect the technical prowess and the ambition of these companies, but those are of limited use in a friend if you can't trust their morals. It's my issue with a lot of these Israeli tech companies. Like they're just so smart and so fast and so awesome. But I mean, this is like arms control, right? They're selling, uh, they're creating and selling surveillance technologies to regimes that are just not, not good. Data breaches supposedly cost 654 billion in 2018. I say supposedly because so many of these studies are indistinguishable from marketing. So you have to be really careful with these things, but um, that doesn't sound unrealistic. 654 billion. Hardware.io is in the San Francisco Bay Area this Thursday and Friday, June 13th to 14th, and look forward to seeing you there. Breaches, LabCorp, 7.7 million records or customers. Quest Diagnostics, that's bad news, bunch of health data. And LabCorp is a, a, a company that does collections. So collections data, <laughs> lab data, uh, health lab data, basically, 12 million records. Advisories, XM, there's a uh, SMTP, I believe it's SMTP, uh, vulnerability that allows uh, root access on just uh, from the internet. So that's bad, RCE, remote. Um, so if you have any XM out there, you need to get that patched. Blue Keep, the NSA is coming out and saying, definitely patch Blue Keep. And when the NSA says that, I feel like you should probably do it. And a bunch of Android stuff as well. Companies, this is a new section of the security uh, part of the 
podcast. This is basically covering different things that companies are doing, right? So Palo Alto buys Twistlock, Palo Alto buys PureSec, Sentinel One raises 120 million, Sophos acquires Rook Security, and Attack IQ raises 17.6 million. Technology news. DARPA is spending millions on brain-to-machine interface technology for the military. Salesforce is buying Tableau for $15.7 billion. Someone created an AI-generated face using a neural network. And then and the face looked really good, right? It was like very realistic. And then they started systematically, she started removing the neurons from the neural network. And the face started deteriorating. And she was basically doing this as art. Um, because the face just starts, you know, getting less high quality, then it starts decaying and it just start, starts fading out and looking really patchy and kind of strange and kind of disturbing. It reminded me of, um, flowers for Algernon actually. And like this previously beautiful or awesome thing just kind of decaying before your eyes. But, uh, I don't know. It also reminded me kind of of like dementia because she was decaying the neural network which formed like this, this image or this representation of a person. So anyway, really cool sort of tech and art. Blizzard is focusing on Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. I'm super excited for Diablo 4. I'm a Mac person, so I don't do much Overwatch, but play a lot of Diablo. And uh, it's my favorite game probably. There's an app now for linking people with mental illness to counselors or clinicians. Um, I think there's definitely a market there. <laughs> I think uh, mental illness is a pretty serious issue right now. Human news, there is increasing evidence that inflammation is linked to depression. This is fascinating stuff because the broader research here links the evidence that diet and exercise are good for mood, motivation, etc. right? This is the most promising area of study in healthcare, in my opinion, because we're, we're talking about this, this huge issue with depression and we're talking about this huge issue with diet. And now we're saying, oh, and also dementia and also, um, inflammation and, and inflammation is possibly a bunch of these studies are saying possibly like this unified sort of always related sort of, uh, factor. So you have, Another article I didn't put in here, but it was uh, brushing your teeth to avoid Alzheimer's. And really what that comes down to is bacteria in the mouth uh, creating inflammation and the inflammation being tied to all these negative health effects, including dementia. So, I mean, basically what the story starts to look like is bad diet and no exercise. You have lots of inflammation throughout the body and that inflammation directly ties to your motivation and depression. Again, I'm not drawing that line super strong because this is just a bunch of preliminary studies, but it's been dozens of them over several years now. And the, the link seems to be getting stronger. It also uh, you know, touches on my intuitions as well, which makes me somewhat cautious. Um, but I, I think it's super interesting research that we should be following. Book subtitles are getting really long because because it helps with SEO. I am positively thrilled that magic mushrooms are about to become part of legitimate medical treatment. And actually Oakland just became one of two cities, I think in the U S that, uh, that basically, um, 
decriminalized magic mushrooms. So very interesting. Netflix is working on an anime series based on Magic the Gathering. Homelessness in California is growing significantly. I think it's up like, I want to say like 40% in the Bay Area, according to this, this recent thing. Uh, NASA plans on opening the ISS to tourism. Ideas, trends, and analysis. I got an essay here, The Intellectual Dark Web and Dark Forest Theory. I think I talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, people are starting to see major cracks in higher education. And I think it's going to lead to a new type of schooling that's more customized, lower overhead with better teachers and different types of credentials. Think of like custom curriculums created by top experts, which are made up of multiple professors who are the absolute best in the entire world. And where tuition is a fraction of what you pay at a current university, right? So as we come, become more data focused, people are going to start figuring out what parts of education actually lead to the good outcomes, right? And then they'll figure out alternatively what parts of education are wasteful. So imagine like giant festivals where you go for multiple weeks or whatever, you do these courses, which are just handpicked, like amazing remote content from the best professors, but the best professors also show up and they do like live training. Um, but you're there with people who have also paid to be there and you do massive group projects, kind of like um, TechCrunch Disrupt, where you're like, um, TechCrunch Disrupt is like where you build, you're, you're building something on the fly, right? And, and you're, you're baking that off against other people. So it's a combination of top teaching with the best social experiences, but without the overhead of bloated universities that at this point are mostly there to benefit themselves. All right, got kind of a little skit here. Person one. I think software is at an acceptable level of security. Person two, that's ridiculous. Why would you say that? Person one, because we accept it. <laughs> so the pr first person says, software is currently at an acceptable level of security. And you can really do this about, any, about a company, about software, about IoT, about society as a whole. You know, you could say we are at an acceptable level of security. Well, how do you know that? Because we accept our current level of security. That's how we know it's acceptable. And that means, and this came from something Robert Graham was talking about in an essay I wrote a while back. Basically, the reason we're not panicking and fixing all of our software is because it's good enough right now. We know it's good enough because we're not making it, uh, we're not changing it, right? Now, at any moment, it could cease being good enough. Like when a major breach happens, there's some sort of you know massive attack. Well, as of that moment, it's no longer good enough. But before that moment happens, it is good enough. And this is just the reality of economics and psychology and how, how people react to threats, right? So I think there's a really cool way of thinking about security, especially in the context of a business where why is a business not focusing more on security? Because they don't think they need to. And uh, yeah, th that's the definition of acceptable security is the security that we accept. I'm reading a fantastic book right now called Moonwalking with Einstein. And it had a remarkable idea in it that I absolutely loved. It said that the reason time speeds up uh, in one's later years is that people have fewer meaningful experiences when they're older. 
things become static and repetitive. So there are fewer markers for time. But when you're young, almost every moment is some sort of monumental experience. And the result is that as a kid, time is in slow motion because of all those meaningful experiences. And as an adult, time speeds up. The solution then, if you want to have more time, is to do more novel and interesting things with your life. I also created an audio version of my Grit is the Ultimate Privilege essay, which you might have already heard in the podcast. Discovery, leak looker, find opened servers and source code. Medium to own blog, a tool for automatically migrating away from Medium to your own blog. What we regret most and what we regret most and why. So this is a list of people's most common regrets, which I think is a, an amazing guidepost for setting goals, long-term goals for yourself. I created a new t- uh, tutorial, this time for Ngrok. Cats in Heaven, really cool little cartoon. Data validation for machine learning. A treehouse in Sweden, camouflaged by mirrors. Crazy, crazy image. Creditor, a new service that rates the quality of news sources. ISH.app to Linux shell on iOS. One of the coolest anti-smoking ad images I've ever seen. It's really cool. It's basically like um, a pixelated set of lungs with like half of the lungs gone on the bottom. And then at the bottom you have, at the lower part of the screen, you have like a a little uh, paddle, just a, a flat line with a paddle. And you could see that it's like Pong, it's bouncing a pixel. And the pixel is going up and bouncing off the top of the, or bouncing off the bottom of the lungs. And each time it hits it, it takes a little bit of the lung away. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's a powerful image, good art. I'm not sure I described it well. Notes, if you're at all into astronomy, you should take some binoculars out to see Jupiter this week. Um, it was strongest last night on uh, Monday, but uh, it's both in opposition and very close to Earth. So it'll be very close for the next couple of weeks. And even with just binoculars, you can see multiple Galilean moons around it. Uh, I saw them last weekend, and they were spectacular. I'm in the second book of the Mistborn series, really enjoying it. Uh, I think my next TV is going to be an 85-inch Sony OLED. Uh, Just waiting for some big updates to the tech. I don't know if everything's going 8K or or whatever, but uh, yeah. And also falling prices. I don't want to pay 10k for uh, a display uh currently loving my 65 inch lg oled but a larger display would be nice and from what i've read sony is still the best uh, in terms of quality of image if anyone is an audio specialist especially in the realm of podcasting i'd love to hear ideas on how to make the podcast audio louder and clearer pretty happy with the tone and the sound and everything but if you listen to something like Joe Rogan or Sam Harris, the audio is much louder. Uh, that's the thing I noticed. Like, like I said, I like the tone okay. But if I, if you listen to this and you click over to like Sam Harris's or whatever other podcast you have, it seems like theirs is usually louder. So I, I must be doing something wrong or they're doing something right or whatever. Um, not that louder is obviously always better, but uh, I just want to make sure I optimize that. So if you... Uh, or specialize in audio or podcasting or whatever, you have some ideas, uh, please do reach out. And if you know 
anyone who is underrepresented in information security, have them reach out to me at um, daniel at danielmiesler.com. I want to help people enter the security field. And I'm willing to assist with required reading, interviewing help, salary negotiations, reviewing resume, just, you know, lots of different answering questions, whatever needs to get done to help someone break into the field. Um, I've written a lot before about how you can have skills and there are a whole bunch of people who are trying to get into security and they don't have the skills to be useful on day one. That's why there's so many people looking and can't find a job. But at the same time, there's so many people who are hiring managers trying to find security people and they can't find anyone, right? So these are both true at the same time. And the reason is because hiring managers need people who are effective on day one. That is the most important thing. So for underrepresented, uh, underrepresented people in, in uh, trying to get into InfoSec, I want to help them bridge this gap. Obviously, I, I help lots of people. I help everyone who basically emails me. But uh, especially if you're underrepresented, uh, I, I really want to help out. So do do reach out, daniel at danielmeister.com. If you know anyone who is trying to get in and, and, uh, and isn't already represented really well in, in, uh, in security or IT, uh, definitely have them... Uh, have them ping me and see if I can help. The UL member Slack channel is going really well. I'm pleased with how casual yet substantive it, it is. It's exactly the community that I, I really want to be a part of. And I'm uh, looking forward to some of the events we're actually planning. Uh, we're definitely doing a book club, but we're probably going to do more than that as well. So that is going to be super cool. If you're interested and you are close to subscribing anyway, this is a great reason to go ahead and subscribe uh, because uh, within about a week or so, you will get an invite or the invite will go out in the next member episode of the newsletter. You click on the invite and boom, you're in the Slack channel talking to, there's already 200 something people in there. So uh, it's a pretty good group. Recommendations. If you've been in a solid stream of nonfiction books and you like fantasy, give the Mistborn series a try. It's, it's really good fun. Uh, my favorite fantasy series have been obviously Game of Thrones, but my, probably my favorite is Name of the Wind. And uh, I've just really been looking for uh, something else to read. And I'm really enjoying the Mistborn series. I did not like the other series that he put out. It was like, Way of Kings or something. I, I did not like that series, but I'm really liking Mistborn. Feels more cohesive. Uh, we'll have to see how it ends, but but yeah, uh, I think after this, I'm going to get into some sci-fi. Um, Neil Stephenson just put out uh, a new book called Fall, I believe. So I'm going to head in that direction. I think um, after I do some more nonfiction, which is stacking up, and I can't wait to get to it. And the aphorism for the week, elegance is refusal. Elegance is refusal. Coco Chanel. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter. So you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. 
Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. I'll see you next time. Thank you.